Farmers, Consumers, and GMOs, uh, Social Dimensions and Consumer Acceptance, Part 2. So we've learned that there were some initial consumer oppositions to GMOs. And we're going to see where, where problems with GMOs emerged that uh, were, were magnified in the media and caused some concern in the part of, of some uh, consumers. Uh, but if this gives us an opportunity to really examine what those problems were. And so we're going to take a look at two situations. Both in, involve the insect-resistant uh, GMOs, uh, those GMOs that were developed uh, primarily to battle one insect pest, the European corn borer. And so we're going to take a look at an issue that involved the monarch butterfly larva and an issue that involved taco uh, shells and uh, so the regulatory agency that was involved uh, had had the the responsibility of testing the safety of these BT uh, genetically engineered corn products for the environment and uh, the safety for food we'll look be able to look at at how the regulatory agencies handled their their roles with both of these issues so we'll start with the monarch but butterfly larva and I want to point out that the European corn borer and the monarch butterfly larva are, are distant relatives they're both Lepidoptera uh, so so while they they have uh, different hosts uh, they live in the same ecosystem at the same time and so it's probably not too surprising that growing BT corn might have the possibility of having an environmental effect on the monarch butterfly larva because the protein made to to uh, harm the European corn borer could possibly also be toxic to this non-target pest the monarch butterfly larva. Okay so that sets us up for uh, the study that was actually done by a group of scientists at Cornell University. It was not a very sophisticated uh, experiment and you can kind of see what the experiment involved here with this picture. Monarch butterfly larva, corn pollen, and milkweed leaves. All right, so those of you who are familiar with monarch butterflies know that they use milkweed as, as adults as they're one of their primary sources for nectar and also for laying eggs so when the larvae hatch this is their initial uh, food source and and so a study was conducted I'll, I'll take you through the study uh, by the, this group at Cornell and it was published then uh, in a reputable journal that was that's read worldwide so the the question that these scientists had was this we've got BT corn now that farmers are growing and these uh, at least some of the hybrids of, of BT corn uh, express the BT gene in their pollen and it's possible for that uh, pollen to land on milkweed leaves that would contain small monarch butterfly larvae and and uh, while the monarch butterfly larvae are there to eat the leaf tissue they'll inadvertently consume the pollen and if there is BT protein in that pollen they could be having a toxic uh, effect from from that inadvertent consumption that was that was the the 
idea that these entomologists had, so they went about conducting an experiment to, to test that uh, hypothesis. Is it possible for the pollen from these Bt corn plants to have an effect on the health of monarch butterfly larvae? Okay, so I want to point out that this would be this would be the responsibility of uh, the regulatory agencies to look at that. The EPA, of course, would be responsible primarily for this question. Is this safe uh, for the environment? And when they conducted the study, they got results that were, were interesting, potentially significant, and they published their research in a, uh, this Nature Journal. Now, it was not a, a full uh, scientific paper. It was what's called a scientific correspondence. What that ends up being is a pretty short uh, note uh, that describes a, an experiment. In the, the experiment was pretty simple. You know, it's something that high school science courses could probably repeat. Uh, they just had two graphs that showed their data. So basically, uh, the light blue is the uh, leaves that didn't have any pollen on it. The 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 uh, kind of brown here is are the monarch butterfly that were feeding on leaves that had pollen, but it was from non-BT uh, corn uh, plants. And then the blue is the BT, and you can see what's happening uh, in just a few days of feeding on those leaves that had the the BT protein their survival rate was was uh, pretty dramatically diminished. So, so the results were, were pretty clear that the Bt protein had a harmful effect on these larvae. Now, one of the things that scientists like to do when they publish this research, or what they're expected to do, is share their methods. So if we take a close look at their methods and look at at the source of the of the BT corn, you can you could find that hybrid, and you could grow it again. You could repeat that, but then if you take a look at how much pollen they added, their pollen density was visually matched. Okay, and what does that mean? It's 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 not very precise, and it would be difficult to repeat that uh, experiment, and and so. So, it, but this is how science is often done. Uh, an initial experiment is conducted, and then there's other experiments that, that follow up. <clears throat> That's the importance of, of publishing uh, work in peer-reviewed journals and then sharing it with the rest of the world. But the materials and methods are very important so that other scientists can repeat the experiment. Now, what was significant about this work is the, the EPA had not uh, asked uh, the companies that developed this product or their university partners uh, who tested this product for a similar kind of, of study on the monarch butterfly larva. Uh, the EPA, therefore, could not combine their data with the data that came from this Cornell group and, and uh, use that data to determine if the BT corn really is safe to grow. So if they didn't have the data, what they had to do was fund additional experiments. So, so once this uh, research was published, the EPA quickly decided to set up uh, uh, funding uh, to support university scientists to do 
follow-up research uh, and and as a result of that follow-up research they built this web page that you can still find and you could still go to that that uh, reveals what they studied and a lot of this research was done at universities like mine at the University of Nebraska um, um, Blair Siegfried was a scientist there at the time and uh, John Foster and P Clark were some of my colleagues there and so they were they were very interested in getting getting data that would help better clarify uh, the obvious potential that BT would have in having a negative impact on an important insect, the monarch butterfly larva. What was different about their studies is the the level of precision and specificity in their experiments. So so this first uh, work, what they did is with with uh, laboratory techniques, they were able to determine how much Bt protein was actually in the pollen. So almost anything you consume can be poisonous to you. Water can be poisonous to you if you consume enough of it. Okay, so it's the dose of the protein that's that's important in determining toxicity. And so they work to establish the dose of of these Bt proteins in the hybrid that was a part of the study and in, in other BT hybrids, okay? And then this group uh, conducted their research out in the field. They actually did careful uh, analysis studies of how much pollen uh, from corn plants was found at different distances in the field. And they, therefore, they could uh, get a accurate measurement of the pollen dose in nature. So if you know how much pollen is being distributed at different distances away from cornfields, if you know the dose of the Bt protein in that pollen, you can put that information together and come up with a better calculation of the risk that the Bt in the pollen actually has to monarch uh, butterfly larvae as they uh, hatch from eggs and grow on milkweed plants that are growing near cornfields in the in the corn belt. Okay, again, very important questions just done with more precision. And once they they accumulated this data, went through peer review and it was published, the EPA could conclude that the probability in in the field in nature in the field of of larva uh, from uh, monarch butterflies uh, encountering a toxic dose of the Bt protein in corn pollen is almost zero. There's a lot of risks that this insect has as it, as it uh, lives its life as a migratory insect, uh, uh, but the risk that Bt corn pollen plays on its population is not zero, but it's, it's very close to zero. So, so the initial research initiated the, the research question it was followed up and the final conclusion was that from the monarch butterfly perspective uh, it is safe to grow BT corn but it gives you an idea the, of the nature of science and the, the, the role that the regulatory agencies play. Okay so now you have a better understanding of that story but you could see where where the media the press would, would uh, describe this story and many consumers would would wonder about about the potential threat to an insect that that they appreciate the monarch butterfly larva 
and the impact that this new technology of GMOs would have. But the final resolution uh, was that it, it was safe to grow. So now we'll take a look at the next uh, story, uh, the safety of, of uh, tacos made from corn. And, and we'll, we'll make a part three to tell that story.